0: Welcome to the PTSD Academy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dan, and that was me on my old 12 string I bought when I was about 21 years old, stationed in Germany. Still play that 12 string. So welcome to this episode number 10, PTSD in the Art of War. This is not about a military PTSD uh, podcast today. There's a quote from I think it's 3,000 years ago Sun Tzu in his book the art of war quote all warfare is based on deception so what you need to know is that Traumas can be discussed in the news in the media and books and even taught in school in such a way as to sort of uh, to the victors go the spoils, you know trauma is not admitted by Governments or organizations until like 30 to 50 years later after the incident when everything is unclassified if you haven't noticed so Keep in mind that when we talk about warfare We're talking about the mental side of us. Remember that we have mental spiritual emotional and physical and Under mental is this idea of moral injury if you think something's right and wrong then that makes PTSD Uh, More complex to unravel, right? So the more personal and close to you a trauma is the more interpersonal in nature uh, the more likely someone is to develop PTSD So compare that to people that have like a trauma that's unrelated to them like a natural disaster um, There's a slight uptick in those that have more interpersonal crimes like violence so this episode particularly is in acknowledgement of the fact that there are perpetrators. There are people that, that are trying to do things to us to hurt us in some cases. So imagine victims of a crime or war or family or, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about specific traumas on this show. I'm not going to get gruesome ever on the show. If uh, someone I'm interviewing does, I'll, edit that part out, uh, but maybe make the full interview available online only if you want. This would be a safe channel from that perspective, though I might drop curse word here periodically once in a while so that children have to cover their ears. But I hope this will help kids too. So when you are unpacking trauma years later, you know, 10, 15 or more, 40 years later in a PTSD group or one-on-one therapy session. You start working through these worksheets. If this has ever happened to you, then you know what I'm talking about. But at a certain point, you have to get there where you can't take responsibility for everything that happened in the trauma. And so people will carry guilt for things their whole life. Right? And so that's mostly what this episode is about, that we have to acknowledge that in some cases, There was an enemy. There was somebody that was trying to perpetrate something against you or someone else uh, that you didn't cause and the enemy has a say if you look at it that way. So what's most important to take home from that kind of idea is that you don't blame yourself for everything in the trauma. And the next step in logic after that if you can accept that idea is that If you back up the tape of your life, because this is about living in the past, right? Guilt is about living in the past and maybe traveling to the past, you might say. But if you didn't know about the trauma, the the full effect it had on you at the time, and even if you did uh, think it was all your faults and you harbored a lot of guilt for a long time, then the next thing you got to be careful of is you don't judge your response to that because if you think it was all your fault, then you would think that going to counseling would be useless, right? And many, many people sit silent because they think they deserve their punishment due because of something that they did related to a trauma or their guilt or lack of prevention, lack of recognition, lack of seeing the warning signs of a trauma that you thought might happen. It turns out it did, or you had no clue what happened to make it even more traumatic. And uh, then you just replay everything over and over, looking for times that you should have seen the warning signs and you beat yourself up for that. So that's replaying the past uh, with future information. And that's impossible. You know, we can watch a lot of sci-fi movies, but you can't live in the past that way. It doesn't work that way. You know what you know when you know it. And you can't face this stuff and quit numbing your pain until you're ready. Let go of the old lies. When you look at the Western deterioration of family values, the quality of food and the water supply, you look at our health system and it's inefficient and very expensive plummeting education standards. Uh, It's a lot to take in. This episode was challenging for me to put together I'm not going to lie. It's hard to think of taking on this concept and saying something in some kind of timeless fashion on a podcast where I'll listen to it later and still agree. (laughs) I love uh, sayings that are true all the time, not just sometimes, because I'm one of those people that likes to find the exception. If you're talking to me and you're trying to give me your thesis, if there's an exception to it, I lose respect. So I've got a high standard for quoting references and trying to read the original references when available, but um, I would be lying if I didn't say that some days I feel just like my patients and I'm PTSD psychiatrist because the body pains and stresses of life build up and I can see the connection the more I learn about dealing with yourself when you have burnout or beyond burnout, which sleep deprivation and PTSD could be seen as an example of personal take and here's where I deviate from a well orchestrated and laid out introduction here for you. This is just my personal opinion right here that I personally get a little miffed. I get a little angry when you realize that your whole life you never really got taught the right things about practically every area of life or what's in food and education and history books and things that were slanted and and the more conspiracies that are uncovered. Right now it's January 28th, 2020 when I'm recording this and the conspiracies and the stories out there that people are just destroying uh, Natural habitats and lakes and forests and each other and countries and oh With the refugee crisis in my line of work. I feel rather exposed to that So that's why you'll see me save a choice curse word once in a while. So It can be a lot. What do you do with all that? What do I do with all that? I can tell you is I podcast now and I do some other things like write music and stuff I used to um, I still do play guitar and drums sing and write songs from start to script you know start to finish put the line on their multi-track recording such that it sounds like a whole band when you play it back you can't tell it's just one person that did it all and I like the analog instruments and real acoustic drums whenever possible and I have a studio again so uh, I don't even like the way I sing very much uh, though it's it's better and it's a certain style that's not even my favorite style to listen to anymore. It's pretty heavy metal. But how I know that's really my authentic voice is that 20 years ago when I created the album, the technology wasn't very good, but I'd saved up my money when I was stationed in Germany. I bought a, a brand new Pearl drum set and, uh, and digital recording equipment. Right, That was my reward for being stationed overseas for four years. And I had so much fun with it, but I could never get the sound right. Long story short, you know I'm recording music on the computer now and um, it's going very well, it sounds much better, but I sound exactly the same as I did before. No matter what I try to sound like, I kind of sound the same, so I'm embracing that and just screaming a whole lot into the microphone. But the words are all PTSD Academy messages and I felt like I could never write lyrics before. And so I want you to know that your comments and feedbacks are going into the songs directly. And I just think that's a fun little thing. So I can be the the psychiatrist that writes songs about. This is one release and I have many releases, but that's one. Jumping in the pool is another one. Running in the forest on a bike trail with my dog is one of my favorites. So if you're going to talk about what do you do with this idea? I mean, so far I've been talking for several minutes about there's an enemy out there that intended to hurt you and that's important in PTSD recovery. That's really all I've said so far. Okay. But, um, what do you then do with that? Uh, forgiveness, right? And that is just such a big topic. It's humbling for me to try to take it on uh, because I'm not perfect at all. So, um, I'm just a regular guy. And so I'm talking about a topic of forgiveness on a PTSD channel. And we're talking about enemies, even military enemies or whatever people that deserve punishment. Maybe, uh, you know, corporal capital punishment or corporal punishment. I don't know. I'm not a judge and jury. This is not a legal channel and it's not a political channel. Okay. What we're focused on as I bring up forgiveness in terrible circumstances is the fact that it's a spiritual uh, axiom. That when you hold anger and resentment against other people you're causing harm in yourself like in, in independent specific organs like the liver So I would just want to throw out a couple of ideas of quotes. You may have heard before That really are going to focus us in on uh, where Loving your enemies might be appropriate in daily life The first one quote every time you point a finger at someone else. There are three <laughs> pointing back at you. Okay, that one's stupid Uh there is an The next one is hurt people hurt people, which means those that are injured unconsciously oftentimes go on to hurt other people, such as patterns of child abuse that get repeated in families, you know, and the way you yell at your kids or treat your kids. And I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to lie. I can't act like I haven't acted out some of that stuff in my own life at a time or two, right? I'm not going to dump all that here, but I can relate to this on a certain scale. But this scale exists on a spectrum where people do extreme crimes and stuff all the way down to the little stuff like, um, just shaming people. What, what I see most of the time are people that don't recognize shame and they don't know what it is. They have not read Brene Brown. Okay. (laughs) They don't know Brene Brown. And when you got a blind society that hasn't read Brene Brown, uh, then hurt people or continue to just hurt people. Right. She says it best. And I just point you to her watch her TED Talks and then her Netflix special and then I the book I listened to Was just to give it a shout out uh, was the gifts of imperfection letting go of who you think you're supposed to be and embracing who you actually are and When I got out of the army as a food inspector to go into medical school I started off in emergency medicine, but then I wound up in psychiatry and I didn't think I'd be a psychiatrist on any of those other jobs or career path until later, you know, closer to age 40. than I was closer to age 30 before all that worked out. You see, it was later in life. And so I had life experience to bring to this in my own stories and injuries, right? Perceptions of trauma that that are traumatic. Okay. So I must admit that I have a weakness for ancient sayings and new ones. But in my human frailty as a psychiatrist, the words that I repeat from other people as I read this stuff to you makes me feel a little empty. Like I fall short to be able to perfectly deliver the best message on this. Because we all need to stay human. You can't read a PowerPoint and take a suicide prevention class. Okay, you got to connect people and look them in the eye. So therefore, it's imperative that we all nurture ourselves and take care when we ought so as to avoid the troubles that come with inauthentic counsel. If you got people that that are enabling you to keep numbing and hiding your pain, then you need to distance yourself from them and find somewhere to get real. I like to tell my patients that they need at least three people on the planet that they can tell anything to with unconditional love and acceptance so that they create a safe environment for yourself. Each one of us has to create that relationship and nurture it ourselves. So, If you want to pause the recording right now and do a little exercise and say how many close people are there that I regularly talk to that I could tell anything to, and if not anything to every one person, then can I spread the love of all areas of my life to a few people? Do I have that? Yes or no. And if you're not sure how many people you can talk to, just start replaying the podcast and you need to listen to the rest of this. If you got it down, then maybe you can stop except I'm about to bridge into the next group of podcast topics, so you may want to hang on for just a second, because I'm going to take a left turn. Midlife crisis redefined, and let's make the connection. I think it's an important factor when people are overwhelmed with the stress and traumas of life, that whether there's uh, bad marriages or children in custody battles, uh, oftentimes I see people with serious health problems, either themselves or their family members, or they've... They made it maybe into their 50s with their PTSD, trying to hold it all together, and the body starts falling apart, and finances hit them, and they have to move, and the grandkids are running either running all over them or running away from them. They can't see them. It's just a lot of stress can hit us, and when it all builds up to a certain point, lots of people refer to that as a midlife crisis, okay? And the topics that we're talking about, your enemies and letting go of the old lies, uh, that that you have held onto before. And even considering the fact that resentment and anger towards people that even that really hurt you only continues to hurt you further, only continues to worsen the damage that they did to you. And it, and you'll never be free from what they did to you. And it c- makes you a slave to that memory to, uh, sort of bathe in it intentionally by traveling back into the past. I mean, some people even, stay home on purpose to sit and sulk in in the past. And that's like packing your bags, right? To travel backwards into the past. So think about it. At a midlife crisis, half of life is supposedly over, at least the adult part that sort of matters to the grown-up of the years you remember as being alive as an adult. But you don't want to go on believing the wrong information anymore, right? So thank you to YouTube and Google and all the other Uh, the the internet in general, for flattening the world and making it possible to learn something more than uh, what you had to read from the encyclopedia sets that the door-to-door salesman would sell my family growing up. (laughs) So if you're like me and you want to quit learning things the hard way, then I invite you to look at this entire topic this way. Quote from an anonymous source, the sooner you can accept the impossibility of getting access to the crucial pieces of accurate information. You need to make the healthiest decisions for you and your loved ones, the happier you'll be. So even if you could, it's practically impossible to access or decipher the information. If you could get it, it would take several PhDs already to interpret the data that's out there in the world or a few really good podcasts to understand." End quote. I did paraphrase that, but the idea, is that if you looked at all areas of it are physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional, and you, you took me seriously and actually downloaded the workbook, uh, you know, and, and filled it out, and you took, say, an hour to write all the strengths and weaknesses you have and the things that have helped you in each area, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional, and you were honest with yourself, and you added up how much massage would cost, and how many essential oils and hot baths you would need, and how many uh, couples retreat weekends you would need and date nights that you would need in every area of life. What would the cost be? Count the cost, right? Even if you could get that information and it was accurate, certified, right? Like those uh, forensic accountants, let's say you had a perfect accounting of what would make that your healthiest life possible for you. Having all that data, <laughs> that it would take might take graduate degrees to put in to turn the data into information because data is just the raw numbers and the information makes your breaks you. That's where you put the information into actionable intelligence. And it's quite simple to do if you have common sense and a good moral code. All right. One thing I have to say is that when we talk about PTSD in the art of war and the enemy has a voice, someone caused harm in those examples where there was a perpetrator that caused and led ultimately to the formation of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, it, I want to say it does not help to shed light and give attention to the perpetrator. I don't want to hear their story. You know, that not, that's not my patient and it shouldn't be the, other people's patients, if you ask me, the more you shed light on something, the more it grows. Other people want that attention. They're very sick, sick people in our times. And folks, if if you realize what's happened to the state hospital systems with the mentally ill, you'll see that in the last 400 years, we've shifted from chaining people, right, uh, to the walls that were psychotic and had schizophrenia very poor ethical standards and like in France and some of that broke up a few hundred years ago and then it got better a couple hundred years ago but it wasn't until you know the 60s that it was exposed that some of that stuff was still going on and you still hear a rumor here and there of the maltreatment of vulnerable populations that's how you can measure the civility and probably the longevity of a country or a nation group how they treat the vulnerable populations what do they do to them Do they restrict their access? Do they jail them? I don't mean to get off topic, but if I don't want to shed any light on the perpetrator, other than to have this podcast, this is the only perpetrator podcast on PTSD Academy, I promise you, because scumbags will get no attention here. (laughs) Okay? And I hope that uh, they meet their maker before they meet them face to face. That's what I would say that they change their life and get forgiveness and get help here on the show. Even because I've been a perpetrator, others have been a perpetrator. Um, it's just varying degrees and what all we got caught with, right? Right. So just go with me here, try to keep an open mind because I think the media and the advertising have set us all up to be a fear based nation, you know, that that thrives on post-traumatic stress and you can watch ads that say oh this could happen when you're asleep oh this could happen when you're awake oh gosh five people died of a virus somewhere you know and that's horrible but do you not even know what's going on in your community if you are worried about the viruses that pop up uh it's not that there's not a risk there It's that you've got an appalling lack of perspective of what's going on within a one mile radius of your home, which is evidence to me that you live in a bubble and you're following the media because the world's pain is too much for you. You might be an empath. Go back and read that, that, um, or listen to that podcast. I think that was the last one, episode nine, uh, one of, one of those on being a level three empath, right? So Avoid fear-based press and ads if you want to get Decreased post-traumatic stress symptoms. That's the whole point of this podcast. That's all I'm trying to say I'm not trying to make anybody mad, but if it hurts your feelings, I'd ask you to think for yourself That's all I'm saying is think for yourself. Don't feed what somebody gave you Yes, there is corruption at every level on both sides of the political aisle in Congress and pharmaceutical companies and the lobbyists that's why Endocannabinoids and medical marijuana were outlawed. That's why uh, post-traumatic stress disorder became a diagnosis because of political pressure. That's why homosexuality used to be considered a mental illness until recently because of political pressure. Is there corruption and dishonesty and a lack of desire for truth in our society? Yes, and it's everywhere and it seems like each side is just fighting for what they want. So you have to have almost an analytical degree, right? From a master's degree level or higher, just to sort through all the the information that's on there. I mean, even your best, most reliable sources are biased, particularly on the increasingly discredited internet with its, uh, fake news professionals that have been interviewed and verified and validated. Uh, A good percentage of people, at least 25%, can't tell the difference uh, between a fake news, Uh, show in a real report, right? So don't be a victim of that deception. That's what I'm advocating for. And if you want to get better from post-traumatic stress disorder and you don't have a commitment to actively engage your mind and educate yourself about the world you live in, then you are avoiding your problems. You're trying to numb your pain. You're trying to stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and I can't help you. Okay. I can't help you. Yeah. So the, what I love about stretching my legs as a podcaster is I can be here the psych, tell you what the psych, your psychiatrist can't tell you, but we wish we could. It's just a different relationship. If you were my friend, and let me tell you, I have friends, I have family members going through trauma. There have been deaths in my family recently. There's been a lot of trauma in distant relatives and a lot of that's come close to me and touched me. I've seen it in a lot of different places and levels, and you have to be responsible in your own life with the information you get. That's what it boils down to. So I'm pretty serious when I say that the world needs more podcasters and thinkers. We want you to be part of the solution. <laughs> we need you too. Now, the song I'm writing right now says, "Stand up and be counted for the overcomer that you are," and there's a, several other lyrics that come almost straight out of this podcast because they're just going to be the PTSD Academy truths that I'm going to sing and scream in my music for fun because it's a release for me and uh, it's fun and I hope, hope some others enjoy it. All right. So this is nearing the end of episode number 10 and it took 10 podcasts uh, to, to introduce and describe post-traumatic stress disorder, but from podcast 11 and forward, We're finally going to get to the mainstream treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder. So I told you this would not be a normal podcast about PTSD and have some junk little thin two-dimensional copied article uh, that goes through and just simply lists the post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms and says take a benzo or something. No. Uh, We're finally going to get to it next round though and this can, so the first uh, several uh, podcast was section one this podcast today in section two which has been called actual treatment for moral injury and moral injury is sadly undertaught and under treated and that's why I spent several uh, podcast episodes basically wrapping up uh, supporting information and ways for you to think and approach getting better granularity and treatment in your clinics for moral injury the third and final section of the PTSD blueprint is called PTSD treatment, healing the physical body after trauma. So that's wrapped up with healing the physical body. So next episode is number 11, number 11, and it is titled mainstream treatment of PTSD. I hope you'll listen to that one because that might have been what you were actually coming here for. And you got all this other stuff you might not have known you needed, but I hope you are begin to recognize might help you or other people you love. Take care.